Uh, welcome if you're here in person or online. Uh, we um, have began this series, Pastor Jeremy kicked it off well, being famous to our family. And he talked about the idea of community with the family and that there's there's a series of events or there is a, an importance in order uh, to that and what that looks like. Then Pastor Nick brought to us last week, he brought the word and he shared the, the reality that there's, there's harmony within the family. There should be a unity within the family. Today, I want to bring to you the concept or idea of protection and providing for the family. How do we, how do we protect and provide in our family in such a way that it's, it's healthy, that it's good, that it's whole? The best way we can do that is through the Holy Spirit. So let's pray and let's invite God here this morning. Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you, God, for your word. We pray, God, that, that you would use this message, not just words from my mouth, but let it be yours and let, let your word speak to us this morning. God, would you have your way in this service? Uh, we've come to worship you and adore you. We love you. And Lord, I pray that you would unify us, Holy Spirit, that you would guide us and direct us in these next few moments. And everybody said, amen, amen. So I was very encouraged. Uh, you know, they kicked us off strong with uh, being famous to our family. Also, I was very encouraged um, April 21st and 2nd, we had a marriage breakaway. We had so many families uh, come, or not families, but husbands and wives come to strengthen their family unit, to make sure that they are strong as a family, that they're getting along and that they're taking care of one another. And we really addressed some really difficult issues that had to do with spirituality within the marriage and what that looks like. And so we, we were very encouraged as a staff and, and what was talked about there. So I want to encourage you with famous to our family. We've talked about community. We've talked about unity. And today we're going to talk about provision and protection. The scripture that we'll be working out of is Genesis 22. So if you use your Bible, if you open up to Genesis 22, that's where we're going to be this morning. We quickly become famous to our family when our family learns that we provide for them, that we protect them. It's, it's funny how quickly... When, when the child realizes who's feeding them, that, that there's a respect that comes with that. Our jobs as parents is to approach this monumental task the best we can, right? And there's, there's a lot of questions. How do we become good parents? How do we protect and provide for our family? I mean, today's world, in today's world, our family has needs. They need us. Right? There's a lot going on. There's a lot of dynamics happening. Today, there's a lot of distractions and detours in our lives. It seems like there's always something, there's some kind of competing voice for our ear. Whether good or bad, there's, there's often a, a competing voice. Today, we face things like, how many can identify cost of living is just like crazy right now. It's insane. Things have like doubled and tripled. It's insane. Uh, stock slumps. Inf inflation is on the rise. Possible recession. We search for the next greatest thing. Sometimes in the wrong places like sporting events. Sometimes we exchange face-to-face -face moments with like binge-watching Netflix. Amen. I mean, guilty. Been there. Done that sometimes, right? Right. Our young people, maybe you guys can identify to this. You know, there's, 
there's things that they're dealing with that we didn't have to deal with at their age. They're dealing with, with peers that are, have gender confusion, right? And, and they're being pressured to conform, to conform with what the world says is good and right. Pornography is deteriorating the mind of so many with a counterfeit love. Social media is now one of our greatest competitions for their attention. And we're sitting here as parents thinking, how do we protect and provide? It often seems like today, most of us are guilty with Anything our heart desires, we go after it, and it leads us astray. I think, oh, life is so delicate. It's got a balance to it. I've thought that many times, and I've come to realize, is there a balance to it? If I could only complete this task... If I can get that raise, if I can fulfill my promise, if I can get past this event, then I can set things straight. I was constantly focused on what was next with a future that was just out of my grasp. And I've come to realize that life isn't something that you can will into balance. That we have to make a decision with life. How can we appropriately choose boundaries that we can set up in our life that will set our family up for success? It's kind of like we place guardrails in strategic placements to protect and provide for our family. So if I were to to say it really clean, it would be healthy boundaries equal Provision and protection equal healthy families. The key to this is where we place our focus, where we fix our gaze, in whom we place our trust. And this is a constant need that we should have threaded all throughout our lives. And it's the reality of the life lived by Jesus Christ. It's the life he modeled before us. You see, if we rely on our own ability and our own knowledge, the word says that we are going to fail. That if we rely on our own knowledge, our own ability, here's the reality that our children, this next generation, literally will have no hope. If we merely rely on ourselves, there's got to be something more than that. We must protect and provide for our families according to how the Holy Spirit convicts us and what the word of God tells us and not fill it with too many fruitless exercises. When we place our faith in the Savior, and I know you've, you know this, but when we place our full trust in the Savior, in Jesus Christ, all things are possible. I have yet to see a person that strives after God be left in need. Amen? If we're following after God, if we're, if we're truly pursuing his will, we will not be in need. Are there going to be life trials? Yes, of course. Jesus said there would be. But that's not a new thing. All throughout scripture, men and women are tested in their obedience and faith. 
Some are exposed as the fraud that they are, and God comes alongside them and cleans them up and helps them, and they come back to him. Here's a reality check. Good people are not who Jesus is looking for. If you're taking notes, write this down. Good people are not who Jesus is looking for. Jesus is looking for faith-filled, obedient believers. What's that mean for us? When we decide to follow Jesus, when we call ourselves a Christian, it means just that. We're following Christ. We're not necessarily doing everything that we want to do. We're following Christ. That means that we're not leading. Jesus is the one that's leading. As Christians, when we want to consider what we want to do, we must allow our convictions from the Holy Spirit dictate what we actually do. It's not bad to sit there and think, oh, I want to do this, that, or the other. But if we're not considering what God would want us to do with those situations, then we're leading. If our want supersedes what God wants, then we are stepping out of his provision and protection. We're simply choosing something that we think is better. So what do we look for in regards to protection and provision from God? Our model, of course, is Jesus. What did Jesus do? How did, he, how did he conduct himself? What we know about Jesus is that he did nothing without consulting with the Father. On many occasions, he was caught in conversation saying, I do only what the Father tells me. That tells us that he was in conversation with God. And of course, we understand the relationship with Jesus means that he's our bridge to God. He helps us. Yes, he's part of the Trinity. He is God, but he is that bridge by with uh, which we can have relationship with God. But he did nothing without consulting God. Likewise, we should do nothing without consulting the Holy Spirit. I got to admit, I got to admit something. I, many times... Believe it or not, I'm very stubborn and I constantly catch myself doing things on my own without consulting God. Many times I'm selfish and I'm stubborn. Here's the question. Is that just me? It is just me. Pastor Dennis said it is just me. Okay. <laughs> no, there's a reality. We, we all want our way. We want to do our thing. We want to do it our way. And, and God is saying, follow me, because I got a better way. But there's that constant fight. And it left me thinking as I was preparing this, and I was coming under major conviction personally, but then thinking, what would our world look like if Christians stopped being so selfish and stubborn and simply started consulting God on everything that we do? What if we forsook our wants for his will in every circumstance? What would this world look like today if Christians, us, were fully fulfilling what Jesus wants us to be? Abraham was really good at displaying faith in God, and God put his provision and protection in full display when he tested him. And that's where we're going to be this morning, Genesis 22. I'm going to read this. Now, it came about after these things that God tested Abraham. 
So this is, we're going to be in verses 1 through 18. And he said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Then he said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains in which I tell you. So Abraham got up early in the morning and he saddled his donkey and he took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac and he split wood for the burnt offering. And he set out and he went to the place to which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw a place from a distance. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and I and the boy will go over there and we will worship and return to you. I want to pause right there for a second. Not sure if you caught that. There was, there's a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, preparation was happening. Abraham had to get stuff ready to do God's will, to do what God wanted him to do. Here's one I want to point out for you for just a second, in case you didn't catch it. The confidence Abraham had in his words. The, he prophetically says, we will come back to you. He is confident in his Lord that no harm will come to them. God had told him that Isaac was going to be a sacrifice, but he confidently in this moment shares with the men that are with him, we will come back to you. I want you guys to say this with me. It is not about my ability, but God's. It's not about my ability. It's about God's ability. Let's continue in verse six. And Abraham took the word for the burnt offering and he laid it on his son Isaac. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Isaac spoke to his father Abraham and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. And he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. Now I want to pause here for a second. I'm not sure if we caught this fully. Students, you listening? All right. You guys are awesome. I love you guys. Isaac asked his dad a question and his father gave him an answer. And there was no question. There was no argument. There was no frustration. There was just acceptance to what the father said. I'm sure that Isaac was reeling with questions. He was still trying to work out in his mind. However, he continued to trust and follow his father. Students, follow. Parents, here's where you come in. We need to give our kids a model to follow. They have to have a healthy model to follow. They can't follow if the model is not healthy. If we often find ourselves not submitting to what God says and continue with our own wants and desires, then we are teaching our kids that we know better than God. And that's not a stable place to be. That's not a, a solid foundation. The best model that we can display for our kids, it, for them, is witnessing us on our knees in submission to God. God, what do you want me to do in this moment? Do you guys realize God is so amazing that he can use anything to point someone to God, to himself? 
But he's offering us the invitation and everything that we do to draw him into that. That if we have a conversation with him and God, why do you want me to do this? What do I need to learn from this? God, why, why am I having to go through this struggle, this trial, this tribulation? Why, Lord? It's okay to ask why. But we need to accept the outcome. What's he saying to us? What's he wants us to learn? How is he going to guide us? I want you to say this with me. I will model a love for God that others can follow. We need to be modeling for this world what love towards God looks like. What a relationship with the Father looks like. Let's continue in verse 9. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham reached out his hand and he took the knife to slaughter his son. That's a strong word. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And he said, do not reach out your hand against the boy and do not do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. I want to pause. God keeps his word. In the very first sentence, I don't know if you caught it in the very beginning, God says that he is testing Abraham. He's testing Abraham and his obedience and faith in his God. It was being tested. God was seeing if Abraham was capable of placing his wants and desires on the side to honor what God was asking him to do. What happens next is God protects his children by instructing Abraham not to harm Isaac. And then he provides a way out. Thus God protects and he provides. Say this with me. When I am tested, I will lean into Jesus. Raise your hand if you've been through a hard test, a hard trial, a difficult situation. Okay, put your hands down. Raise your hand if you've tried to figure it out on your own. God is giving us an invitation. Let me help. And then let me show you a better way. We pick up in verse 13. Then Abraham raised his eyes and he looked and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thickest, in the thicket by the thorns. By its horns, sorry. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering in the place of his son. And Abraham named that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said this day on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. So God provides a way and then he blesses, verse 15. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and he said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Indeed, I will greatly bless you and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. And in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you 
have obeyed my voice. God is so amazing. He desires to bless his children when they obey. And then just like you want to bless your children and want them to obey, it's both. God blesses as we obey. The Lord opened up the floodgates of heaven to Abraham when he was tested and found humble and obedient, serving the Lord's kingdom. Abraham hit pause on his wants and desires because to honor God meant more to him than doing doing his own way. Everything was given to Abraham and then some. God did amazing things through him. That's why we're here today. Here's the reality. If we carry in our own lives doing solely what we want without regard for getting on our knees before God in repentance with a heart of surrender, we will forever live in a small, hurting, dark world. So how do we flip the script? Because it's kind of dark. This is difficult. We have a lot of difficulty. How do we flip that script? How do we make things different? How do we change the outcome? How can we improve? It's not possible until we embrace the reality that God wants us to be the salt and the light to the world, that he wants us to make it bright and thriving and point people to heaven, that we take the words from this book and we live it out. But we've got to live it out. The world's not going to live it out. They don't even read this. We have the answers. We've got to live it out. And then when we walk in our convictions, according to how the Holy Spirit guides us and directs us, guess what? Just like with Abraham, as we get in line with God, our wants and desires might change a little bit, but maybe there's some wants and desires that we've had that God gave us from the very beginning, and we, got, we get to see those unfold. We get to see God do something amazing in our lives because we simply put him first. I've seen so many people struggle, especially like financially or with something that they're desiring and wanting because they just can't quite make it because they're reliant on their resource. And I've seen at times where people forsake their situation and they embrace God's direction and they start on that course. And then I see so many times their lives are blessed. And once again, they're not left having these major desires left unchecked. But God meets us. He comes to us and he says, I love you. You may or may not know this about the story of Abraham. And a couple of things I want to draw out of this is that, are many of you aware that it's a prophetic word? That it goes right alongside or it points to the life of Jesus? The fact of Abraham giving his only son, John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only one, one and only son, right? Um, Isaac carried the wood on his back. He walked to his place of sacrifice. The Lord carried the cross on his back and he worried, walked to a place of sacrifice. Isaac didn't fight his, his father, but he accepted what his father said had to happen. Jesus didn't fight the father. He accepted what had to happen. Thank God, because it gives us victory. What Jesus did on the cross for us gives us victory. Jesus has and will protect and provide for us all when we walk in obedience with him.
So kids, if you've got your notes, you got, kids got your notes? All right, there's a one, two, three. Here's your one, two, three. How do we protect and provide for our family? Number one, be selfless and obediently rely on God. That's number one. So what that means is we've got to truly and fully give our life to Christ. I am so thankful. There, there's so much going on in God's word. But I'm so thankful that he makes the pathway to him really easy. Amen? What if it was so difficult? What if it was so difficult that we couldn't even understand how to have a relationship with God? But he makes it so simple. Be selfless and obediently rely on God, number one. Number two, model what adoration for God looks like. Model what it looks like. It means we need to be praying. We need to be studying. We need to be learning and we need to be sharing. If we're not doing those, then we are going nowhere. We're not going to be able to model how God wants us to model for this world. We're not going to be that model if we're not following what he says. We need to be modeling it. So that means that we need to be praying. We need to be studying. We need to be learning. And we need to be sharing what we're learning. Number three, when tested, lean into Jesus and his ability. You see, if we don't lean into Jesus and his ability, then we are limiting our family. We are limiting this next generation if we're relying solely on our ability. Jesus can do so much more. The Holy Spirit can do so much more through us than we can do on our own. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. So I'm nearing the end. I'm going to wrap it up. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought for a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. We've got to come to a revelation that we are not our own, that we've been bought with a price. And that means that we've got to stop doing things on our own. Now, I know that's a tall assumption, but I'm assuming because we're all human in here that we are guilty at times, because I know I'm very guilty at times, of doing things on my own. Of Because we live in a wealthy country that our reliance on God maybe isn't as strong as it might should be, right? And we need, we need help. Thank you, guys. Yeah, let's bring this like right there. There we go. Yep, that's good. Thank you. Isaac, if you can stay up here. We need, we need God. Hey, let's, let's back this up a little bit. Can you guys see over here? There. Can you guys see? All right, we're going to do something. I'm a kid's pastor. We got to do an illustration, right? So just in case it hasn't sunk in, I want to I wanna do an illustration for you. Because uh, how many of you like word pictures? Or you like an illustration to kind of go, oh, okay. We got a bunch of kids in here then. Awesome. Bible. What's this? This is a glove. I'm going to do a really short illustration. It's very simple. Um, it's not mine. I stole it, but it's very good. This is a glove. So it's, it's leather. Um, I, I particularly, any, any 
people work with gloves out there? Anybody? I particularly like this glove. It's very flexible. Um, it's got really good stitching. It's, it's designed where it'll protect my fingertips. I love how it's got this Velcro. It allows for easy adjustment, right? But this is a glove. This glove was designed to work. This glove was designed to pick things up. This glove was designed to do something very specific. It has a specific design to it, to work. Isaac's going to serve as my great idea person, okay? How many of you have good ideas? How many of you would say you have great ideas? I want to challenge you today to have God ideas, okay? So he's going to be my great idea guy. Okay, go ahead and turn that. Okay, so, so this, is, this is a glove, works hard. And so, um, so I want this glove to pick up the Bible. And so my good idea boy is saying, well, give it encouragement. That might work, that might work. Okay, you can do this. Come on, glove, you got this, you got this. Come on, you got it. Pick up that Bible, you've got it. You can do it, you can do it. Come on, come on, help me. Come on. Encourage that butt. Come on, come on, you got this, you got this. Woo! Uh, good idea, guy. Uh, you got anything else for me? Encouragement isn't working. Encouragement isn't working. Discipleship. Discipleship, okay. All right, so that's a good one. All right, I've got this, um, this three-step process for you uh, that you can go through, and, and at the end of it, you're gonna be able to pick up that Bible. Okay, so here's... He's still not moving. I don't think that's going to do it. Fellowship. Fellowship. Fellowship's a good idea, right? Fellowship. I love fellowship. I love hanging out. Maybe that'll help this glove. Maybe that'll help. Come on, you guys. You got this. Come on. Come on. You Come on. Help me cheer on. Come on. You got this. Come on. You got your buddies. Come on. Come on. Come on. Pick up. It's still not working. That's a good idea. I mean, fellowship is a good idea. Us hanging out together is a good idea. I think it's great. You got anything else, good idea guy? Anything else? Rededication. Maybe he fell away a little bit. Maybe he just needs some boost. Um, Okay, so here you need to just rededicate and then you'll be the glove you always hoped you were and then you can lift the gloves. Okay, this is probably painful at this point, isn't it? You guys get the point yet? Thank you, good idea guy. Appreciate it. We can take good ideas, and these are great ideas. These are great for a church. They're great to have in our life. but they become God ideas. They become something supernatural when life, when life comes in to every nook, every cranny, every part, when we allow life into our temple, every part of it, that's when God does the supernatural. That's when things can actually happen. You see this this glove is only as good 
as the life that's in it. You guys, we are the glove for this world. We are only as good as the, the life we allow into it. And I wonder at times, as Christians, do we do this? Or at times, we come to the altar and we pray and we give God a little bit. You ever tried working with your glove half on? (laughs) It just isn't very effective. We need that sucker all the way on. How many of you like a tight glove so it doesn't slip, so you don't get calluses and stuff on your hands, you don't get those blisters that hurt? If your glove is tight... If life is filling every nook and cranny of that glove, you're effectively able to do what you need to do. The work can get done. And God is saying, I am ready for the work to get done. This world needs us to realize we've got to fill the glove and we need him. We can't do it on our own. We're just a glove. You guys hear me? So I'm going to challenge you this morning to be the glove that accepts the life. Be the Christian that's fully accepting God in all of your life. Be fully saturated so that we can truly be the salt and the light that this world needs. They've seen plenty of counterfeits. And they don't need that. Thank you, Jesus, that you are not a counterfeit. Can we just end this way? I want to encourage you, if you do not have a relationship with the almighty and amazing Jesus Christ, myself and the pastors will be here after service to speak with you. But I know I'm talking to a lot of Christians in here, a lot of saints. And I want to challenge you today, and I'm hoping that you'll agree with me in prayer in here just a moment as we close, and then we go and enjoy the rest of our day. I want to challenge you to fully surrender. Stop fighting God if you're fighting Him. Stop just doing things on your own. Because what if, what if you allowed God fully, the Holy Spirit fully into your life in such a way that it begins to change your work atmosphere. That you're not the fly on the wall, the quiet one, but you're actually engaging people and encouraging them with a story that they don't know about yet. What if we actually lived out this life outside of these four walls according to to God's will. Now you might be saying, you might be saying, well, Pastor Jerry, I do that. Okay, well then for you, can you help us? Can you help those in this congregation that maybe don't know yet how to wear the glove quite right? Let's pray. And I, I just, I wanna encourage you this morning to just walk out of here knowing God is on the throne. He's alive and well. Everything that's happening around us, don't let it shake you. Because in the end, God wins. He's already won. He's victorious. But we've got to be thinking about those people 
that need to hear this story, this good, amazing story that God wants to come into our lives. He wants to empower us. He wants to encourage us to, to do his will. So let's pray and let's invite God here this morning. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would be with us. Holy Spirit, that you would just move in and through us. Today, as we have heard your word, God, it's weighty, but it's real. God, that you want to do something in us. Lord, I pray that you would move in our lives, that we would become who you desire us to be. God, that we can, we can take you. It's beautiful. Holy Spirit, because you reside inside of us, because you are, we're your temple, it's beautiful that we can take you everywhere we go. Lord, would you give us the courage and the strength, God, to be your witness, to be your salt and light in this world. Father, would you move in these families? God, as we consider being famous to our family, protecting and providing for our family, God, would we make sure that we're doing it according to your will? God, guide and direct us today and this week and this next month and this next year. God, to orchestrate our lives to put you on full display, Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you empower us to do your work as we leave here? Father, we thank you and we praise you. And everybody said, amen, amen. I know that's weighty, but I love you guys. I hope you have an awesome week. Be encouraged. Rely on the Holy Spirit.